0: Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, your adoption show. I'm April Fallon. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story on your adoption show. I'm your host, April Fallon. Thank you for making this show what it is today. We started as a radio program in Denver, and now we are a leading international adoption podcast. If you are new to Adoption Now, we tell stories from the perspective of adoptees, birth parents, and adoptive parents. My husband Noah and I have four children through private infant adoption, and we have learned so much on this show. We believe everybody needs to adopt the whole story. And today we have an adoptee who was adopted from Russia. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Now say the part of your name that's Russian. Dasha. Dasha. That's beautiful. Thank you. And I can't wait to hear about your story. You are an author. You wrote a book called Extraordinary.
1: Yes, ma'am. I did. And you love adoption. I am a big fan of it, especially bearing the title of being adopted. I am I am a huge fan.
0: That's good. Not everybody is that's adopted. So it's always refreshing when you hear somebody who loves to tell their story and feels that their story is extraordinary.
1: Yes, that's that's one of the reasons I was excited to share my story with you is because I just really want to pay a lot of honor to my parents for giving me such a wonderful life and encourage other adoptive families that there are a lot of really great stories out there and a lot of happy children who turn into happy adults all because of two people who decided to take a risk and adopt a little child.
0: Oh, I love that. How did you hear about Adoption Now?
1: Um, I am always looking for adoption resources and places to hear stories, places to share my story. And so your uh, podcast came up pretty easily in that search.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about your very beginning. First, why did your parents choose adoption?
1: They uh, chose adoption. So they had two biological children, uh, a boy and a girl, and they were happy with that. But unfortunately, my mom was not able to have more children biologically. And they always had a desire to have more children. They, as the saying goes, there were more empty seats at their table. Um, and so they tried to pursue uh, foster care. They tried to pursue different agencies and some nothing ever worked. And something always fell through. And it just didn't didn't seem to be working out. Um, But they kept that dream alive, but their children were growing up. So by the time they learned about me, their children were 13 and 15. So this is a time when most people are thinking, we are not going to have any more babies, this is kind of going to be it for us. And that's when uh, that's when they learned about me, and decided to start all over again. How did they learn about you? So they moved to uh, South Georgia. They had been living in Florida and they moved to South Georgia for a church and a job. And they were just recently, they just recently got involved in the community. This was in the summer of 1993. And um, they had met several people at the local church. And that summer, the same summer that they moved to uh, Thomasville, the South Georgia town, um, a group of people that went to the church uh, was part of an adoption agency that was at that time only a domestic adoption agency. But that was during a period of time where people were starting to explore international adoption more. It still wasn't super common, but it was people were kind of exploring that. And so the leadership from the agency decided to take a pilot trip to Russia to visit several orphanages and see if they might be able to open a program there. So several people traveled to Russia that summer and they visited uh, several orphanages. And I, in particular, was at orphanage number 12 in St. Petersburg, Russia. And um, the adoption agency was really hesitant to begin a relationship with this agency. They had a lot of doubts in their minds about working with people from the United States there was there was just a lot of hesitation on their part but they kind of gave the agency an ultimatum and said if you can find a family for this baby girl we'll consider working with you and so they introduced them to me who at that at that point I was uh just a few months old maybe maybe three months old two months old and um on their list I had a host of complications that um there's a document stating that I had kidney problems, heart problems, that I, I was going to be mentally delayed. Um, I, I had apparent physical differences. Um, I have a upper limb difference on both of my arms. They um, are different lengths and I have a total of seven fingers. So there were some apparent differences, but from what the orphanage stated, it was going to be a lot more significant than that. And they were not convinced that somebody would want me. And so they took some pictures and the people from the United States brought them back to South Georgia and started sharing the picture around and said, anybody interested? And uh, my parents said, uh, they took one look at the picture and said, that's our daughter. Aww. And they immediately uh, began the process. And so they became that agency's first international adoption. And they rushed everything through because I was not in good health at that time. And they really wanted to get me home. And so the next February, so only about Six to eight months later, uh, they all traveled to Russia and, uh, and brought me home.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is 1994, you said?
1: Ninety- yeah, it was 1994 when uh, when they brought me home. I was 10 months old when they, when they came in February in Russia, which it takes a special kind of dedication to fly to Russia <laughs> in February when you're from South Georgia.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet your mom was so excited. But how does it make you feel that you were the pitcher that they... We're like, no one will want this baby.
1: it's it It feels like I'm talking about someone else. Um, and I, I say that when i and when I talk about my adoption story in my book, I can kind of rattle off these facts of, yes, I, they took it they took a picture of this little girl and decided to adopt her. But it feels like I'm telling someone else's story almost. it's It's almost impossible to imagine that the person that's sitting here was actually living in an orphanage and had a very bleak, outlook for her life. It's, it, it it really doesn't feel like I'm talking about myself because I've had such the opposite of that kind of life. It, it feels, it feels kind of strange sometimes.
0: I think that that is really sweet because it just shows your confidence and even self-love that you love yourself. You must've been loved well because you feel that of course somebody would love me. You know, it's kind of like, I have a son like that also. And he doesn't feel sad because he's like, I'm amazing. So the beginning part of his story is really hard. And he also had a lot of, you know, medical issues that they were saying. And I asked him, how does that make you feel? And he's like, great. I mean, it, just, it doesn't affect him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it it, it, it does. It, it it really shows that my parents have done a wonderful job of kind of smoothing that over and really making it apparent that I was a lot more wanted than unwanted. I was actually approached by somebody many, many years ago who I don't even know. He had been just nosy, I suppose, and was asking somebody about me. And he came up to me at a coffee shop and just really abruptly said how does it make you feel to know that your real parents just threw you away and didn't want you because of your differences and things like that how does it feel and I just laughed at him I said I wasn't thrown away by my real parents I was chosen by my real parents and it's really you can you can choose to see it as being discarded or you can choose to see it as being chosen and I have never dwelled on the fact that I was not because I don't really know what was going through my biological parents' minds, I don't know anything about them, and I'll, I can talk more about that later. But all I know is basically their names and that they signed the paperwork immediately and left me there. But I don't, I mean, I can only thank them that they even gave me life at all. I can't ascribe motive to them for not wanting, maybe they did, maybe maybe they didn't, who knows? But all I know is I've lived 30 years now with parents who did want me. And that's the story I tell, not the other story.
0: Oh, I love that perspective. It's such a beautiful way to look at it.
1: That's uh, that's the perspective that I've really been taught to adopt. Um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> my uh, entire life is to, that it, it, life really is about perspective. And that's what I share a lot of my book is that you can look at your life as ordinary and not very full of meaning, or you can choose to look between, read between the lines and see that there's purpose and meaning everywhere. And it really, it really boils down to, to your perspective and how you choose to see it, which I think is a refreshing thing for somebody who's uh, adopted and maybe even a, an adult adoptee to see is to maybe take another look at their story and wh- what they thought might have been kind of not that exciting or ordinary is actually really probably a really incredible story that people need to hear.
0: I agree with that. And I'm so glad that you're on the show today because it's very encouraging as an adoptive mother that teaching perspective is so important. And I love that you said you were more wanted than unwanted. And that is so true. For all of our children, what we have gone through to bring them home and prove how much we wanted them took everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took your parents jumping on a plane in February. It took finances. You know, it took everything for them to bring you home. And that you just see that and feel love from that is is amazing. And that you also feel that your steps were guided. It was mm-hmm. as it was meant to be, which is the thing I always love to say, it is as it was meant to be. And that just gives people peace. Yes.
1: Yeah, I was always meant to be here.
0: Okay, so let's talk about you coming here. You're 10 months. Did your parents know anything
1: about your history or your biological parents? Just names? Just names. And uh, yeah, they didn't know, Um, which now as I've grown and become an adult and had my own children has become more more of an interesting facet. But no, they knew nothing about my History or anything, they just took what the doctors in, in uh, Russia said, which I'm sure, as you know from talking with so many people, is there's a uh, it's very common to receive a lot more diagnoses than are actually accurate, and I think a large part of that is just because of neglect. Um, and when you give a child love and attention, they blossom in incredible ways and astound you with what they're capable of. And uh, so, part I think part of it was just incorrect diagnoses. Part of it was just receiving a lot of love from my parents, and part of it was just probably miraculous. But um, I didn't end up having most of the trials that they thought I would. But I, I, I've looked at the paperwork that they signed to accept me. And as an adult now, as a mother, I think to myself, I don't know if I could have signed up for that. Like, I don't know if I could have signed up for me looking at all of the – what they basically – it, if if they if I had been exactly as described, I would have had I would have been very sick and not had much of a life and wouldn't have really accomplished anything and would have been completely incapacitated and they signed up for it anyway,
0: well, you said your parents had faith, right
1: yes, oh yes, very very strong, very strong christians
0: and I think that that helps guide and lead, that you just trust that God is going to take care of the baby that you bring home
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that you just are obedient.
1: And really there's no, I mean, I admire them for that. But when you're having your own biological children or your own adopted children, there's no guarantees. You don't get a guarantee either, either way. That's I think true. sometimes when uh, working in adoption for so many years, uh, I've, I've talked to so many families that kind of wanted to uh, cherry pick what they thought they could handle. And you don't get to cherry pick when you're pregnant, <laughs> you get, you get what you get. And when and you don't throw to an adopted fit. child, You say that to your kids, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's the same either way that God decides to give you a child. He's going to equip you for it, even if you feel really underqualified.
0: It is so true. So when you came over at 10 months, tell me about those first couple months and the years that followed.
1: Yes. So I was actually talking to my mom about this last week and she was telling me how challenging it was, you know, coming home with this baby who didn't understand anything but Russian and not, you know, I had never been held. I had never been, you know, I hadn't had a lot of physical contact with people. And so she said it was pretty challenging to get them to to bond with me, which it is funny that I, I had asked her that just a few days ago, because I always thought, you know, looking but I mean, I can't remember that obviously, but I always thought, Oh, I'm sure it was just, so easy i'm i just i've always been part of the family and she said it actually took a really long time to get me comfortable to where i did i wasn't looking at them like who are these people and you know what have they done <laughs> um so she said it, it took it took a good while for me to feel settled and at peace and for them to feel settled and at peace and like this was always the way it was supposed to be so i thought that that was encouraging for for adoptive families who may be in the midst of that journey right now of trying to attach with a child and it feels like this, you know, it feels discouraging to know that maybe when you're when your child is all grown in an adult, it will all be a thing of the past and a distant memory for you and completely forgotten for them. They will only know that they were part of your family. I
0: love that, too. That's so funny that you're like, I came into the family and it was great. And then your mom was like, well, wait a second. Well, <laughs> yeah, it actually took some time. Now, how did their biological children feel about you?
1: They were great. They were great. I'm sure they could tell you their own stories of, you know, being teenagers with a baby sister and the annoyances that followed there. But um, overall, they they stepped right in and were a great help to my parents. And they were great. They actually, I mean, they were teenagers. So they were only home for a few years before they moved out. And I was uh, kind of like an only child for most of my childhood. But they did. They did really well with it, and we're all really close today. So, and how did they explain adoption to you? Um, well, they, you know, nowadays there's all of these cutesy little Pinterest gotcha day kind of things, and back and there was there was no books about telling your child they they were that there was nothing like that. They were just very frank and open and you know, this is your story. You're from Russia. You were adopted. And I never, there was never a time where I I don't remember them ever sitting me down to tell me it was just always part of, part of the story. Um, And so I, I really admire their openness with me about it and making it such an easy discussion and not like a big thing. Or, you know, one thing I really admire my parents for too, is that they let me share my story on my own terms. They didn't just walk around telling people I was, adopted now some people you know that may have a different skin color it may be more apparent but since I did have the same skin color it wasn't something that was immediately obvious I actually look a great deal like my parents um so people have a hard time believing that I'm adopted at all just because I look a lot like my parents um but they let me they let me share that if I wanted to they didn't just say well these are our two biological children and this is our adopted child like it was we have three kids <laughs> right this is our daughter not our adopted daughter or something like that. But if I decided I wanted to share more, then of course they were open to that. But it was on it was always on my terms and not on not on their terms, which I really appreciated.
0: I do think that when you have the choice, it's wonderful. I mean, our family—I do say these are my four kids—and then they just stare at me for a long time. They're trying to decide: yeah. am, am I going to ask more questions, or? Am I, you know, I can tell that the wheels are spinning in their head of how that actually worked out. And so we always have to, I wouldn't say always, but a lot of times we explain, or we don't, you know, and let the kids say it. The kids will say it.
1: Yeah. You don't, that's what I've like grown to realize is that you don't, to a, to a stranger walking down the street, you don't owe them your life story. You can share it if you want to, but they don't need to know every single detail. All they need to know is that you're a family. And if, If your children want to share more, that is totally fine and up to them. But the average stranger that just encounters you doesn't doesn't get to know the full story unless you want them to. Right. Right. And,
0: you know, it's important that you give your child the option to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But also, I have met so many children growing up right now that that's the first thing they tell me. I'm adopted. Malia is in a class, my youngest, and she's in a class with three other adopted kids. And you wouldn't know because, you know, they look like their adopted mother. But when I go into the class, they're always talking about it. I'm adopted. And I think that that's really cute that they feel comfortable to just say
1: that right off the bat. Yes. Like it's not a taboo thing. It's just a fact. It's just a fact about them.
0: Exactly. Like saying that you have a dog or a brother or sister. It's like, I'm adopted. This is what makes me who I am. And that makes me feel like we're kind of changing the culture. Was there a time when you felt sad or
1: different that you were adopted? Let me think about that. I don't think I've ever felt sad that I was adopted. Um, I don't look anything like my siblings, which is, you know, it was always, you know, when I I would be out with my sister, she's very blonde and I've got very dark hair and people would say, you guys don't look anything alike. Um, And then, you know, that would kind of make me sad, but I guess you could be biologically related and not look anything like your sister as well. Um, I think sometimes, I think when people start to talk about like, I have my aunts and uncles and cousins and things like that. But once you go past that into like great grandparents and great, great grandparents, sometimes that was more difficult for me to um, like, think that those were really my great grandparents. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I can, like the people that are all here living that I see at family reunions and that kind of stuff, that's definitely my family. But th- then when you start talking about your family tree, that, that was a little harder for me to, it still is like a little harder for me to grasp onto like, okay, like I know I'm adopted, but you know, this isn't really my family tree of like my, where I've really come from blood wise. It, it feels more, I don't know that that was a little that was a little harder for me to to process the whole like a truly extended family and thinking about your your great 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 grandfather and all that kind of thing.
0: Oh, That's such a good point. I, I think about my own kids and we were going through older pictures. Right. And the same thing, like great great grandfather. And I don't really even feel connected to the people I don't know. And they're my blood grandfather but he died before I was you know and so I'm showing the pictures I'm like this is your great-grandfather and they're all looking at me like (laughs) like they couldn't really comprehend it and he doesn't even look like the same ethnicity as them and so it it does feel like when you extend 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 especially if you are not the same ethnicity that that would be hard to be like yeah that is my great 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 grandmother yeah is
1: it (laughs) Yeah, you know, like, I guess. Yeah, and when I would say too, when I had my first child, um, in uh, a two years ago, our daughter Caroline, which is just she's just wonderful. But it was, um, I come from a family that's very more private. We're not really super connected to our extended family, very, very much. Um, but my husband's family is very connected to their extended family, and they know all their aunts and cousins, and second, third, and fourth cousins, and. When Caroline was born, it was uh, the first thing was that she didn't look anything like me, and all of my husband's family could look at Caroline and go, well she's got her great grandfather's ears and her great grandmother's nose and her grandmother's mouth. and she's just every part of her was connected to some extended relative, and I had only myself and there was no i couldn't say well, she has my mom's eyes or my you know there there was mm. there was nobody and, and that and that felt like a really Big weight to carry of being the only person that could contribute any sort of resemblance to to my child, um, and I was so excited to have a child that like maybe she'll look like me. And, and since she started to look more like me, and then we had our second child, and he is the spitting image of me, which has been really fun to see. I was looking at the pictures of uh, myself in Russia a few days ago, and it's it's uncanny. Like you could put a picture of me and my son next to each other, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Like God was very kind after all of my sorrows of having Caroline look nothing like me to give me Isaac who is the spitting image of me but it was it was hard at first when when Caroline was was first born and all I heard was about every extended family member that that she looked like and then to not have to not have anything on my side to offer of where does she get this and where does she get that um, that was more challenging, but it wasn't sad. It it didn't make me sad to be adopted. It just made me sad to have like an unknown history almost.
0: Yeah. Like a piece missing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where
0: did you meet your husband?
1: Um, we, uh, we met a long time ago. He and my, uh, sister and brother, oh, actually, uh, were friends. He and my brother were roommates um, when my brother moved out of the house from, from my parents. So my husband is, um, is older than I am. And so he didn't notice me. I didn't know I mean, he, I, he was a teenager. I was a kid. And, uh, so we never connected or anything like that until we were both adults and he was living in Wisconsin and we hit it off over social media, just bantering back and forth about the office <laughs> and. <laughs> So we, we hit it off and just really, really connected and figured out that we really enjoyed talking to each other. And our casual friendship turned into, wow, I'm talking to this guy every day, all day about everything we can think of. And we wanted the same things. We both wanted a big family. We both wanted to adopt. Uh, we both had very uh, similar faith histories and, um, wanted to, wanted to raise our families here. And so he moved back from Wisconsin and, uh, Married me and gave me a beautiful house and some beautiful children. So we're Aww. we've been married about uh, getting closer to four years now. And do you think you'll adopt? We yes, yes, a hundred percent yes. Um, we, we you in order to adopt, you have to be married a certain number of years. For the I would we would like to go through the agency that I was adopted through. It's, it's local to us, Open Door Adoption Agency. It's right here in uh, in Thomasville where we are from and so we would like to go through that agency and we just recently uh passed the requirement of how many years you have to be married and uh so we're praying now about you know when when to do that how to do that we I'd I'd love for our our next child to be adopted but we'll see the lord the lord knows all things but it is something we think about and pray about daily about about when it's going to happen and we'd love to do uh, international or domestic, but at this point we'll probably lean towards domestic because we don't want to interrupt birth order at this point um since our children are only two and seven months adopting an, a child older than that um is not something that we personally wanted to do at this point. So mm-hmm. maybe down the road, we might do international adoption, but for now, I think um, I think we'll we'll stick with with domestic unless the Lord has other plans.
0: Have you been back to Russia?
1: No, I haven't. I have been to all sorts of other countries, but I have not been to Russia. It's not the easiest place to go, uh, especially in the last few years, um, but I would I would love to go. And I think I went through a period, I mean, it's not, I would say it's not even number in the top three of countries I would like to visit. I have other places I'd like to go even more, um, but I would definitely like to go. And since I've had children, um, I, I would like to go even more. Um, I've casually begun a search for my birth parents, but not like seriously investing a lot of time or effort into that. Um, but I think if that were to blossom into something, I think it would be really, really neat to, to go back. Um, but no, I have never, never been back.
0: So you have a message to adoptive parents, and I would love for you to share that.
1: Um, well, my uh, my message, the main thing I want to encourage adoptive parents in is to if you already have adopted, um like I said earlier, you know be encouraged that what you're doing in these early years will pay off. um and if if you haven't adopted, if you're considering adopting, just I mean, it is it is truly the most I'm so thankful for my parents adopting me, and i I just want to encourage adoptive parents that not to have uh, fear based around adoption that a lot of stories turn out really good. And I think it's like sometimes the negative voices are the loudest voices. And we need to have more positive voices speaking about adoption and that there are a lot of really good stories and it goes well for a lot of people. And I just, I wanted to share that to encourage adoptive families that there are some really great stories out there of people who grow up and are really well adjusted and have wonderful lives, even even coming from a different background and being adopted, they can attach, they can connect and it can feel like nothing was ever, nothing was ever different. So I just, I want to encourage people to consider that and to think that it it might be possible for you. And even having a physical difference. And my parents walked me through seven surgeries and went through all sorts of things with me. And I think that, I think they, I'm pretty sure they would say it was all worth it. And so I just want to encourage families that it it is all worth it. And I, I, I literally can't imagine where I would be without my parents, and I just want—I want other people to have that opportunity as well.
0: And what is your message for adoptees?
1: My message for adoptees—I um I talk about that in my in my book. I relate that to a, a story. I, I was at Christian Alliance for Orphans, a big adoption conference. I don't know. Have you ever been to CAFO?
0: I haven't, but I know of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great great conference. Um, and I was there several years ago, and uh, I was actually working with the Adoption Agency at that point, and I was in line at lunch for our little Chick-fil-A lunch, and this lady was in front of me, and she said, so what, what brings you to the conference? And I told her, just, you know, I said, well... Uh, I was adopted from Russia when I was a baby. And then when I grew up, I ended up working at the adoption agency that placed me. And the man, the one of the people that found me in the orphanage is actually my boss now. And now I get to work with adoption. And I work in international adoption myself in Latin America. And it's it's just really cool. And I just am kind of rambling on like I just did. And I look at her and she's got tears in her eyes. And she said, "That that is such a beautiful story she was like getting really emotional about it and at that point I was in my early twenties and i I kind of I wanted to laugh at her I was like, that's not a great story like that's just that's that was that was not that emotional that was not that intense and you know why are you tearing up about it? It made me really uncomfortable and I thought it was silly as well and when she left, I was really really convicted by my reaction to her and i I prayed about it and I just felt like Lord was like, you don't get to decide what's worth sharing or not. And uh, it, it really reminded me that what I think is ordinary and commonplace is actually what God took great care to write and create in my story. And I, nobody's story is ordinary or commonplace or forgettable. Everything, as, as, as you said, is as it was meant to be. And there, God's been guiding every step of my entire life, and that is worth sharing, that is worth sharing with people. And I think we sit on things because we don't think that they're interesting or exciting, or maybe we haven't processed it or healed enough to be able to share it. But I think it's worth going through that healing process. I think it's worth sharing your adoption story with people. There are people that need hope. There are people that need encouragement. And what a shame it would be to sit on the incredible story of having been chosen by a loving family out of a life of who knows what you could have been, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. What, what a shame it would be to not share that with people who really need to hear it, not only for their own personal encouragement, but perhaps to encourage them to adopt themselves because there are so many waiting children that need to be adopted. And who knows if your story might not be the reason that somebody decides to pursue adoption for themselves. So I think the weight is, is heavy upon us as adoptees to be open with our with our stories and you hear a lot of parents sharing, but I don't hear as many adoptees sharing their story. And I I really, I would really like to encourage us to just be willing to be bold and share, share your story with, with the world because people need to hear it.
0: Sarah Dasha Sheer, Thank you so much for your
1: encouraging words. Thank you for having me. I, I hope that they could encourage someone. Tell us where we can get your book. You can get it on Amazon or if you happen to be in South Georgia or North Florida, our local bookstores, but more likely on Amazon Extraordinary by Sarah D. Shearer. I kept the D in there. That is for Dasha. Um, that was my name in Russia. On That's on my Russian birth certificate. And my parents kept it in my name as a piece of my heritage. And I think that's really special as well. So I will always be Sarah D or Sarah Dasha. Um, so you can get it there and I hope it will encourage. I think it's going to be a great encouragement to uh, parents, to see the impact they can have on their child's life and I think it's going to be a great uh, encouragement to young adults looking for the purpose and meaning in their own life and really just anybody that, that needs some encouragement I think I think it can do just that. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you for having me April.
0: Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the new website adoptionnowpodcast.com Thanks for joining us on your adoption show. See you next episode.